Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. They're going to set it at the 22, an attempt of 32 yards for the win. Only 50% this season from between 30 and 40, as you saw. It is right down the middle. As you said, Charlie, right down the middle. The greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. And the celebration begins in Buffalo. I mean, we all remember that one, where we were. Uh, maybe some of you don't anymore because we're getting, <laughs> a lot of you are too young, weren't born yet. I certainly do. That was the greatest comeback in NFL history. We're still going to call it that, even though the Vikings did what they did <laughs> last year um, in their game against, what, uh, the Colts. But yeah. 41-38 to 38 in that game, Steve Christie, you, you, you've seen it many times, Joe, even though you weren't around at that time. Mm-hmm. No, no, I have. Um, I kind of forgot that that game happened last year. Also, between Minnesota and India, yes. now I'm like mad again that it did. <laughs> that we have to couch it in the first well, place. Well, the guy who kicked that field goal, a legend in Buffalo, is going to be the legend on Sunday when the Bills take on the Dallas Cowboys. A legend of the game, the Bills' all-time leading scorers, kicker Steve Christie, joins us on the Western Hotline. Steve, it's Sal and Joe. Great to talk with you, man. Yeah. Good morning. How's everybody doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. Yeah. I mean, um, those, those the, that kick, the memories, you know, those teams, really special. I mean, you came along at the right time for the Bills uh, as they were, you know, had just come out of a couple Super Bowl years. You were with Tampa the first two years years of your career. You come to Buffalo. I think that's your first year, right? The 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 comeback game, the kick. That's your first year as the Bills kicker. Yes, I came in for uh, Scott Norwood, and um, really, really lucky to. Uh, be part of that. Uh, the, the early '90s Bills era uh, with so many great players, Hall of Famers, great teammates, and obviously great coaches as well. How did that happen? You, you're in Tampa for two years. You start your career with the the Buccaneers. Um, I don't know. Was that Plan B free agency? Like, how did all of it come about for you to come to Buffalo and sign with the Bills in '92? Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the simplest thing. Uh, it was Plan B free agency. Uh, the Buccaneers uh, did things a little bit differently back then than they probably do now, and certainly different <laughs> differently than what the Bills do. Um, so they put me on Plan B free agency. They kind of offered me something under the under the table to stay, and it really wasn't that wasn't that generous. Let's just say that. And uh, Bill Polian called me right after the list came out. I told him the situation. He started laughing, and we both agreed that we'd see each other the next day. And uh, the deal was done. So uh, I was kind of lucky to get out of Tampa at the time. And uh, like I said, get up there and, uh, you know, get close to home as well. But before that, even too, I want to ask you about it's kind of funny, uh, interesting timing here that you're on and the Cowboys are coming up. 
And this Brandon Aubrey's kind of been a story because he didn't play football in college. Like he had a soccer, ba- he was in the MLS, like soccer background. And just reading a bit about your career before the Bills, like you knowing you have a soccer background too, like how, I, I guess my question would be basically like how much kicking experience do you really think you can get away with not having in the NFL, given that this Cowboys guy just kind of showed up and he's just really good at it? Yeah, there's been a few guys that, that have tried that and they didn't do as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously he was an outstanding athlete. He was a first-round pick of the MLS, uh, and he was just able to make that transition. I think the biggest thing is, I, as I coach now down in Florida, uh, when I take soccer players, the biggest transition for them is coping with the timing, a snap, and a hold, whereas in soccer, you know, some at times during the game you have a lot more time over the ball, whereas in football, as you know, it's got to be quick. And, you you know, you're, you're concerned about trajectory and accuracy and, you know, obviously weather and conditions. Uh, not so much in Dallas, but obviously things will be different this weekend in Buffalo. Um, although I hear the weather is going to be pretty decent. That is something that um, coming to Buffalo, I really enjoyed. Like the challenge of, of the, at the time, Ridge Stadium, then the Ralph and, you know, Highmark, but you know, that's, that was one of our advantages of kicking in Buffalo was, was knowing the weather and what it does and the wind, the wind patterns and how it changes. Um, but this, this guy coming out of Dallas right now, he's got such a strong leg that I think, you know, he'll be able to get through that as well. Speaking of changes, um, you've seen the NFL go through a lot of changes with rules, especially dealing with kickers in the special teams game. Um, now the extra point, you know, is so much further away. Uh, do you feel for these guys? You know, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember when it happened. I think, Steve, I was talking with Dan Carpenter. We're like, hey, what do you think? He's like, well, what would you think if someone made your job ten times harder, basically? I'm like, I guess that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, we were <laughs> – Bruce DeHaven and our old special teams coach and I would joke that um, eventually there won't be any uprights. It'll just be one, and you'll have to hit it. <laughs> um, I mean, there was a, when I retired, when I stopped playing, we were – still kicking off from the 30 uh which was hard for a guy you know a little bit a little bit aged in the league at that time um had they moved it up to 35 i may have i may have been able to squeak a couple of years in but to your point about the extra points it's yeah it's a field goal it's uh you know and, and and it has affected some guys and and you'll see more misses from it and yeah it does add a wrinkle to the game but i think it does kind of balance out with what they're doing with the kickoffs uh, with the intent of protecting players in coverage and on the return. So I get it. You know, the game does change. Uh, it evolves certain ways, and, uh, you know, you live with it as a professional. Well, while we're just on kicking in general, the the distance also, Steve, feels like it's going up and up and up. Um, I don't know, like, how it, it was somewhat common before the last, like, 10 years, but I feel like now we're in a league where maybe everybody in the league can at least attempt a 60-yard field goal, let alone make it. Right, and I think Chris Moore would agree with me uh, on this one. There was a, a, a few years there where we had assigned kicking balls where they were literally out of the box. You couldn't you couldn't break them in. You couldn't rub them down. Uh, you know, it was a whole different deal. Where you know nowadays it looks like some of the footballs are rugby balls. No, I'm not saying. I'm, I'll say this: the guys are a lot stronger too. Um, yeah. and they are really hitting the long ones, and I think it's great for the game, too. It's great for, It's great for the fact that the guys are able to hit these. All right, your long of your career was 59 in 1993. At your 
absolute peak? What's the longest field goal practice simulation at all that you, that you think you ever hit? Well, in camp with a snap and a hold, seventy-one, and then I hit a hit the crossbar <laughs> from seventy-two. Mind you, oh, I think wow. I had, uh, I'm not sure what the yeah, but I don't know what the hurricane winds were that day. But uh-huh. <laughs> I'll take it though. It's, I oh heard was seventy-one. That's all. That's all I heard. Nothing after that. <laughs> yeah, right. And 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 Steve, you still you still hold the record, I believe, for longest field goal in Super Bowl history. And ironically, it's against this weekend's uh, opponent, the Dallas Cowboys, fifty four yards. And it was in a dome, but I mean, like, take us through that moment when you're lining up in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage for a fifty four yard field goal, which at the time was the would you know if you hit it, you might not know that at the time, but it was the uh, record. It still is. Yeah, I had no idea at the time. I just know that you know any time in the Super Bowl, you need points. Uh, regardless of where it is and how far away it is. And uh, we needed them. And, you know, I just knew lining up that it was a long one. And, uh, you know, I better get all of it in there and, and, uh, you know, get enough power and obviously get enough over the line and give it a chance. And that's what we did. And I think, uh, you know, Coach Levy said something afterwards, like he was hoping that that I'd make it just just to lift the team a little bit. And, and, And it did for a while. It did for a while. Yeah. Um, speaking of the mechanics of it, so your holder, I think on that play is so Frank is the holder, right? On the um, uh, for, he was pre- pretty much your holder all the time, but I know on the greatest comeback, the the final kick, that doesn't happen anymore. It's all punters, and it's because of the practice rules, right? I mean, that's also been a change. Um, you know, did you go through a lot of different holders? How did they determine that? Because now, Steve, like people say to us all the time, why? Why do the Bills just sign this guy or have the receiver do it, have the quarterback do it? And I was like, you can't do that these days. The punter does because the practice rules are so restricted. Only the punter and the kicker and the long snapper can really work together specifically for a certain amount of time. Yeah, that's a great point. And the other thing that happened to us was uh, Steve Tasker was my holder for a little while, and he oh, broke wow. his thumb in a game, and that's him out. So then, you know, I looked at Chris Moore and I said, Chris, not only are we roommates, now you're my holder, and no one else will ever do it again because I'm not switching to another guy. And that's how that happened uh, because I went from Frank to Tasker to Chris, and, I, and that was the end of it because, you know, you get a wide receiver in there, and he gets hurt, and he's out. And that's, that's, that's the point that you made, and that, that happened to us. And, it, and it's happening to my guys in Florida in high school too, snappers and holders, and it's, it's crazy. It's like let's just get the three of you together and work together and it makes sense time-wise, you know, as far as practice rules and also, you know, the camaraderie, the rhythm between the three yeah. guys, it's really important. Steve Christie's on the Western Hotline, former Bills kicker. You you keep up with the team, too. How how do you feel about this season? It's kind of, It's a weird one, right? Like, they have all these Super Bowl aspirations and expectations, and it was so rocky really up until this week where now I feel like there's a lot of confidence restored that they're going to find a way to get back in. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And you know, you just see the effect of one game and how the team, the whole psyche of the team has to be so upbeat right now, finally beating Kansas city in Kansas city, which isn't easy to do. um, And then putting us back in position because now there's so many AFC teams in the hunt. Uh, it's going to be an exciting finale, and I'm one of those guys that always looks at the season schedule, and mm-hmm. as I'm sure most of the fans have done like I have, saying, okay, it's not going to be easy, but getting through Kansas City was was a great hurdle. You, you, you've done so much in your life. You're you're helping out. You're coaching down in Florida. Uh, you're also a William & Mary guy, right? I mean, a lot of William & Mary guys now, including you know Marv and, and uh, Sean McDermott, of course. 
And, and Brady. What, you got, you're 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 an artist, right? Are <laughs> you an art? You actually, what do you do with um, in art itself? Because I'm I'm reading this and it says. Uh, acts in commercial uh, real estate, but also continues to create and commission artwork. What's that all about? Well, I do. Uh, I paint still. That I was uh, majored wow. in fine arts at William and Mary, and uh, I do a piece every year at the Super Bowl for Smocks and Jocks, and that money goes to uh, a lot of the older guys that don't have a great pension. Uh, you know, there's so many guys back in the day that built this league that aren't really being taken care of. So there's a a yeah. bunch of alumni uh, football players that paint and donate, and that's a, it's a luncheon during the Super Bowl week that we do every year. And I do some commission work. I do, uh, our, you know, gifts and whatnot for people. I love painting. Uh, my wife and I do real estate down there. I coach. We are busy. Love We're it. busy, busy, busy. And uh, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Lake Effect, the, the commercials there. Yeah. Uh, we have so much fun doing that. And, oh, can I throw this in here? Uh Nerds Gone Wild is doing a toy drive uh, since we're in the holiday season, and you can drop the toys off at Lake Effect Furniture on Union Road in Chictawaga. I just had to throw that in there because I think it's no, no, it's okay. Tell us more about it. Do you know? Do you know the the, the times or anything? We'd love to, you know, let you let you everybody know about that and and when that's happening. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I just heard about it this morning, and I, I just think it's a great initiative. And of course, in the holiday season, I did toys for tots with the Marine Corps when I was with the bills and it, it's just, it's so great. And yeah, I mean, toys for kids, just drop them off at the Lake effect furniture on union road in Chictawaga. And it's a, it's a nerd nerds gone wild initiative, which a great band. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen them, it's a, they're a lot of fun. I'm going to see them on Saturday night. I believe at a party I'm going to at an event at the Statler. I'm going to think I'm going to see nerds That's gone fun. wild. So yeah, you'll love uh, it. that'll be cool. You yeah. seem like you have a lot of fun on those commercials. You have a, a great crew there. You work with too. Great crew uh, and rich marketing, uh, Vic and Ryan. I mean, they have a great, great company there. The owner of Lake Effect, Chris Junk. So many great people there. Well, man, we've done it a while now. Um, you know, I just, I'm just fortunate to uh, to be their spokesperson. I'm not the owner, so I get that all the time. Like people ask me for a deal on a mattress or a couch, I can direct you to good people there, uh, but I can't actually do it. Steve Christie on the West Her Hotline. All right, you're going to be the legend of the game on Sunday. I think that's cool that, A, when you come back to do this, but, you know, you're here. You're you're a part of Buffalo still. You follow the team. But I think about guys like Jim and Thurman and Steve, and they've made their homes here in Buffalo, and you're still here in Buffalo, and I know you spend time down in Florida. Um, why is it special for you to still be a part of this community and a part of this organization? Well, to be fair, we live in Florida full-time, but I have to say this. My gotcha. youngest daughter, Claire, moved uh to east aurora so we have very strong ties here um you know she's a dog groomer that's what she does for a living but um we love the area we love east aurora and uh it's always we're up here all the time and i still have family up in canada so yeah uh although we kind of chickened out with the bad weather and moved to florida we're up here (laughs) we're still up here quite a bit and we love it absolutely love it on the uh, leading the charge on Sunday, do you get any coaching beforehand or any uh, tips? You just know it, the chant going in. Um, I ask only because that, yeah. uh, because it didn't go so hot for uh, Mr. Drew Bledsoe earlier in the season. Probably want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Oh, I didn't see that. I uh, I I kind of I'm not really a cheerleader. I'm more of a coach, um, but I you know I, I think I know what I want to say and. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm kind of old school that way. But, yeah, right. I know what to say, uh, but you won't see me jumping around with pom-poms, that's for sure. All right. No, that's all right. You just gotta, you just gotta, you gotta do it right. You gotta get the Marv thing going. Where else would you rather be? That's what everybody does. But yeah, it was a little different. Go look it up. And I mean, I'm glad they won the game. It would have been stuck with Drew even worse if they didn't in that game. But um, you know, go look it up. You know, Drew didn't have his his best moment. That's okay. Now, he throws <laughs> football. Funny. He doesn't talk into a mic. <laughs> he doesn't talk into a microphone um, all that much. Steve Christie here on the Western Hotline. All right, Steve. Well, this was fun, and we really appreciate it. And again, I mean, um, we'd like to. And by the way, you're an inspiration for people. I know you're a cancer survivor as as well, and um, I know people have followed your story uh, throughout the years, and you know the way Bills fans are passionate about you know their team and, and and the guys that have come here and played in in this organization, and and you're one of the people that I know people here hold you know very dear to their heart to to wear that uniform for nine years, but also being a cancer survivor, I know you're a big inspiration as well. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, we didn't make a big deal of it at the time, but uh, all I say to everybody, including well anybody, all Bills fans, but if you think there's something wrong, please get checked because I put it off. I put it off. I'm a typical guy. And Kelly said, my wife Kelly's like, no, you're getting checked. And thank God I did because, yeah, it was it was a lot more serious than what we anticipated. And uh, you know, my doctor, Dr. Sperry at ECMC and uh, Cleveland Clinic. So between the pair of them, we uh, we did really well, and, and we're very fortunate. But like I said, everybody needs to get checked. Yeah, thank you for that. And, uh, again, Toy Drive, so um, it's uh, Lake Effect this weekend, right? Drop it off, Union Union Road, Lake Effect uh, Furniture? I think you can drop it off at any time. I don't know when it ends, but, uh, yeah. Got you. If you're in the area, just drop something off for the kids. That's fantastic. Thank you. Steve, we will see you on the field on Sunday, and I know you're going to be great as leading the uh, charge. Thanks for doing this with us today. Yep, thank you so much, and uh, go Bills, as always. All right, thank you. Steve Christie, the um, leading kicker for the Bills, the leading scorer all time. Uh, Tyler Bass, um, I guess you'd have to say, oh, let me look at it, Joe. Let me see how, how far Tyler Bass, he, Tyler Bass plays 10 years. He probably does it, considering this offense, but Steve played some great offenses, obviously, but he was the kicker for nine years. So mm-hmm. I guess you'd probably need to get about nine, 10 years to be able to do that. We don't count uh, passing touchdowns for this, right? No, you have to score okay. the actual scoring points. Gotcha. Never mind. All right, so it definitely would would never be Josh Allen unless he has like ten, like fifteen more ten touchdown rushing seasons or something uh, wild like that. Are you looking at the career leaders in scoring? I'm not. No. Steve Christie, the only Bills player ever to have over a thousand points in his career, is one thousand eleven. And where's that? It's all. It's all. It's all kickers at the top. Ryan Lindell and Scott Norwood. Who's the only non-kicker? Who's the next one? The next guy, the top non-kicker, do you think? Scoring in, um, in Bill's history. I'd, I'd probably guess Thurman. You're close. You'd probably get to him pretty quick. Thurman's right after Andre. On, oh, wait, they're tied. I've never wow. realized this until they're I'm tied. looking. Thurman and, Tondre, Thurman and Andre both have 522 all-time points in a Bills uniform. This should be like the, the movie Mr. 3000. One of them needs to come out of retirement for one game. <laughs> just to pass the other for for bragging rights. You can't be tied. Someone's got to win there. Steve has 7.0 points per game. Ooh, I got to Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... 
what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Find Tyler Bass on here and see how many you know, points per game he has because that would be... Kind of, oh, Tyler Bass, 8.1. He's actually on pace to break him. So you give him about, you give him eight nine yeah. years he probably has it he's got he's halfway there he's got five hundred and one so he's about halfway to Steve Christie right now how about he's kicking? played this is his fourth year how about a seventy one yard field goal in practice oh my gosh seventy one yard field goal I was stunned to see that his career high was fifty nine given that in the nineties you didn't see that as much um, but yeah do you know what Plan B free agency was nope no clue. Okay, so the NFL never had free agency. They weren't allowed. There were, there's just you couldn't be a free agent. You signed with a team, and they held your rights for eternity, basically. Wait, so, really? Yep. Back you in the drafted 80s and, a yep. player, and you just owned them forever. Pretty much, I think that's the way it went. Um, wow. You, yeah. If if the if the player's contract ran out, I think they're like you still held their rights in some way. It was a weird deal. I have to go. I could be mis speaking on that but they had no okay. actual like un- there was no unrestricted free agency it was all like restricted basically wow yes. okay and so what happened was in the early 90s there was some lawsuits and they said no we need to be the, the uh, free agents so the league came up with a plan and they called well let's call it plan b free agency i don't know what plan a was i have no idea <laughs> they called it plan b and what happened was every year you took all of the guys who contracts expired and you could only protect a certain amount of them and then the rest became free agents so even though your contract's expired, like if Bruce Smith's contract was up, they'd protect him, right? So you can't go anywhere. All right. Well, apparently, I think the Buccaneers, they didn't protect Steve Christie. And that's how the Bills got him. He was a plan B free agent. And he's, and what he said, I thought that was fascinating. You hear what he said? He said the Bucks offered him something under the table to stay. Yeah. Like, what? So that's how plan B came about. And then, Joe, Reggie White and some other players sued the league and there was a big lawsuit, and that's when they won, and now you had unrestricted free agency, and basically the court said, hey, if your contract's up, you can go wherever. Like, you're you're not bound to that anymore. That seems fair. That, that's why I was almost so of stunned course. to hear that it used to be the other way around is, if you don't have a contract, yes. why do you why do you own the player, basically? Yeah. I'm going to have to look even at how exactly it went on, but but yeah, that was pretty much the deal. Like, if you were a player with the Bills in the 80s, you're like, yeah, yeah, this guy's going to be, like, unless the Bills got rid of him for some reason, the player was going to be yours for, you know, I guess, like I said, maybe eternity. All right, we, uh, we'll take a timeout. We have Sneaky Starts and Sits and Three Dog Thursday on the way next on WGR. Unique. I think that's the best way to describe them. They're very talented, obviously athletic. They line them up all over the place on the line of scrimmage off a lot of scrimmage, so I think Coach Quinn does a great job of, of being creative with those looks. That's Sean McDermott talking about Micah Parsons. Bills have a very tough task going against Micah Parsons and the rest of the Cowboys front in defense on Sunday. Game right here on WGR Sports Radio 550 and along the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Sunday at 425 p.m. We had this stretch of 425 p.m. games. 
It ends this week, but then the Bills are in primetime on Saturday night in L.A. against the Chargers. Chargers play tonight against the Las Vegas Raiders. No Justin Herbert, no Keenan Allen. Essentially, no Austin Eckler, the way they're treating him now, but uh, that's a mm-hmm. different story. And Joe's going to tell us about that because he has sneaky starts and sits. Easton Stick! Are we starting Easton Stick? We, are we sitting him? What are we doing, man, Joe? I can't imagine how deep of a league you must be in <laughs> to be starting Easton Stick. I am in a I'm in a super flex league, um, our Bills Media Dynasty League, where Ooh. I forget who it is. Somebody that's in the playoffs only had two quarterbacks, and it was Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. And now they're pretty stuck. I don't even think they can get... They might not even get their hands on... Actually, maybe they got Easton Stick. So, like, in that situation, that's, like, the only one where I think you even have to do it. But, no, I do not like much from this game at all tonight. Eckler is kind of a guy who feels like a must-start, and I am very Mm -hmm. afraid to put him in. The Chargers just don't have anything, really, to work off of. And I I don't know how much they're going to be able to run the ball. That's tonight's game. Again, afraid of everything. I got one... We'll start with the starts, and I'll move to the sits. I have one sit that is involved in tonight's game. But first, the starts. We have games tonight. We have games on Saturday. We have games on Sunday and games on Monday. So we got four days of football this week. My start of the week is going to be Matthew Stafford. 42% start on sleeper. Uh, He started in 42% of leagues. I actually had him as a sit a couple of weeks ago. But now, Stafford is regaining consistency. He has three straight games with 20-plus fantasy points. Last week was the toughest matchup you're going to find. Baltimore, by DVOA, is the best defense in football. And Matthew Stafford went in there and played really well. Made a bunch of super impressive passes where guys were completely covered. There's one corner route that I wouldn't go this far, but I did see some one person describe it as the best throw that's been in the league all year. It might not be number one. It might be top ten, though. There's a guy draped all over Puka Nakua. Stafford is just about to get destroyed by a lineman. And he puts, floats it 35 yards through the air into a into a bucket to this guy. Like He's playing great. And he's got Cup and Puka are healthy enough to where he's got enough weapons to, to get by. And now, here comes the best, or maybe I should say technically the second best, Fantasy matchup for an opposing quarterback, Washington, who gives up the second most fantasy points. Here's what Washington's allowed this year. I don't even need to give you all of them. They've allowed three quarterbacks all year. They've held three quarterbacks to less than 20 fantasy points. Everybody else has gone over. And who were those three? Tua, who didn't even play in the fourth quarter. He had 19 when they won 45-15. to Mac Jones, who had 11. He's terrible. And Desmond Ritter, who had 16. So basically, if you're a pretty good quarterback, you're going to have at least 20 points against the Commanders. Start number two, Cortland Sutton. He's got a little bit higher of a percentage. 61% of leagues are starting him. It should be all of them. Ten touchdowns. Only three games this year without a touchdown. He is Mr. Consistency because he has a touchdown in almost every single game. He's pretty much target-proof. Like, Sutton does not get a high volume of targets which usually will mean you are an inconsistent fantasy player. But again, the red zone looks, the touchdown looks, are so readily available that he's getting you double-digit points every week because that's who Russell Wilson looks to. And Sutton, give him credit. They're not always wide open. 
Think of the Bills touchdown he scored. That is a low percentage play. Like 0.1% probability to catch that. Last week he caught a one-handed 60-yard touchdown with a guy all over him. Like he is making some circus catches. But he's, yeah, you get points for that. So Cortland Sutton, target proof, lots of touchdowns going up against the Lions. And their defense is in shambles right now. Huge totals given up to opposing offenses. In the last five weeks, eight wide receivers have had 13-plus fantasy points against the Lions. Eight. So that's mm-hmm. almost two. You know, We're approaching two per game that they're allowing right now. So Sutton should be in your lineups for the 39% of you that have him on a bench. Logan Thomas is my next start of the week. Washington tight end. We're going to stick in that Rams-Commanders game. Just a pretty high over-under, by the way. The Rams give up the third most points to opposing fantasy tight ends. Thomas plays a position where a lot of you are still left scrambling late in the season here to find a guy. I have a playoff team that will have to start Logan Thomas this week. And I think you should do pretty well with it. The last two weeks have not been good for Logan Thomas. Five targets total against Dallas and Miami. He had had five targets minimum in five consecutive games before that. And he was pulling in at least four catches in all of those games. So Thomas had found a level of consistency until the last two weeks. But I think I want to bet on the previous six weeks being more real than the last two. So I'm going to put Logan Thomas back in there, given that the position is weak, you got a great matchup, and... He had been doing it for the previous two months. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a question because I'm in a in a playoff game and I have okay. to decide between Logan Thomas and Kyle Pitts. That's really funny. Guess who my number one sit is of the week? Wow, Kyle Pitts going Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, who's being started in 54 percent of leagues, he's got 14 targets in the last two weeks. But I just do not trust this guy. And last mm-hmm. week, you know, like he had six targets, but on the six targets. Let me make sure I get the right yardage here. He had 16 fantasy points. 11 of them were on one play. He caught a big touchdown down, down the down the sideline. And it was a great throw by Desmond Ritter. It was a great catch by Kyle Pitts. A great route. Those are not that common with this guy and that offense. So if you're going to be a little bit reliant on a big play from a guy who's a big, a big play tight end, I just think that's the story of his season in Atlanta. He'll give you big plays, and they have a quarterback that can't make that throw more than once a month. So Pitts in the last two weeks, 14 targets, but he's only caught seven. So we're at a 50% catch rate. He's only got two touchdowns on the season. So Thomas, I think, was at five. I don't have that in front of me. I think it was at five. So you're not as high in terms of touchdown probability The red zone targets are really low. I just mentioned that touchdown last week was from further out. So one touchdown all season from the Falcons in the red zone that went to Kyle Pitts. And Carolina, unlike the Rams, are a tougher tight end matchup. That could be more opponent-based. I did look. There are some good ones on there. So... I'm not. I don't want to give Carolina too much credit. Just assume. Oh, they're they've mastered stop stopping tight ends, but they've given up the seventh least. So matchup isn't as good. Not as many red zone opportunities. The catch percentage being lower. Um, yeah, I would be. I would be sitting Kyle Pitts over Logan Thomas. I really would. Hmm. All right. Second sit of the week. Let's go. Start. To, you mean start? You said you you said sitting. You'd be starting thank you. him. Yes, I would. I would start him over yep, him. Got you. Second yep. sit of the week. Tonight, Raiders and Chargers. No Herbert, no Keenan Allen, probably no Josh Jacobs either. 
quad injury that he sustained last week against Minnesota. The latest report from Ian Rappaport is that he's going to, or excuse me, that it's in doubt, but he didn't practice all week. No practice all week. I'm going to take that to mean he's not playing. A lot of people are picking up Zamir White and putting him in lineups. That that start percentage is rocketing up right now. I would not do that. It's a very low over-under tonight. I don't think you're going to get a lot of scoring opportunity for touchdowns. And I don't expect Zamir White, who, by the way, I don't even know how good he is, because Josh Jacobs owns that backfield. There's no opportunity for another running back in the run game behind him. So no idea how good he is. Maybe he just gets the carries. I think he'll be splitting with Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah is that team's pass-catching running back. He is tr- he is a veteran back. He is good at catching passes. He he has been on the field much more than White, and that includes last week when Jacobs left. Abdullah outsnapped White by a, by triple. And rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. I just think you teams like to be with a, with a trustworthy pass protection back veteran like Abdullah over a second-year guy with very little experience in Samir White. I think they'd rather have the veteran in the backfield next to O'Connell. So I don't think you're going to get as many snaps as you think from this guy, and I don't think you're going to get your touchdown opportunity. So anyone picking up Samir White and just putting him right in, I might pick him up as like a speculative ad, but I would not be starting him this week. Final sit of the week, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Didn't get enough of the receiving work last week against the Bills. Um, You did see your Jarek McKinnon fix, just as we predicted, that it would be a split. And not enough touchdown opportunity for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire either, because honestly, the Chiefs don't get in the red zone as much as they used to. And he is not as efficient as Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco's been a decent fantasy back, but it's because he's good. And Edwards-Hilaire, I just don't think, is all that good at all. He made Poyer miss on one play, but in terms of creating yardage, there was not much more of it against the Bills. And he's playing a tough matchup. New England top 10 in preventing fantasy points. So those are my sits of the week. Edward Hilaire, White, and Pitts. Starts of the week, Logan Thomas, Cortland Sutton, and Matthew Stafford. All right. I got back on track last week at Three Dog Thursday. Had an undefeated week, and then I had a push. And it was still, I'm still mad about that. But I'll explain it all. Winning record heading into this week. I like my picks. We'll do that when we come back here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Oh, Joe, last week, had a nice week. I went 2-0-1, oh, all right, three dog. I went 2-0-1. Oh, all three teams I took were getting field goals, but I'm still mad about the one because I'll give you what I, I had. You weren't here for it, but I took the Bears against the Lions. I'm like, hey, you know, they've been playing better. I really like the way the Bears mm-hmm. were playing. I've actually thought about them this week. I'll let you know in a minute if I took them. Took the Broncos. They won in the field, by the way, the Bears, of course. I took the Broncos. They won the game. Who'd they play last week? Uh, Chargers. Yep. Right? They were getting points. Yep. I thought that was easy money. The one game I tied, I pushed, it was the 3 nothing game. I took the Raiders plus 3. They lost 3 <laughs> nothing to the Vikings. <laughs> what? Uh, what that's, I, I don't even, do I call it a beat? Because you, you pushed technically. I guess. But. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? All right. So, I, hey, look, that gives me back over 500 on the year. 1918 and that one 3 nothing push. Here's Three Dog Thursday. All right, Joe, I'm going to start off here. I'm going to go to the Vikings. I, I went against them last week. They won 3 nothing. This week they're getting three. They're on the road at Cincinnati. This is the battle of backups, right? We got Nick Mullins in one corner. We got Jake Browning in the other corner. 
Jake Browning's looked really good. You know who else didn't look too bad? Nick Mullins. I don't think Nick Mullins has looked too bad when he's had to fill in in spot duty. He's a 66, close to 66% passer in his career. He's used to this. He's used to having coming in for uh, teams and backups. And really, though, this game to me is more about the Vikings' defense. They're actually top 10 in most major statistical categories. They're actually fifth in the league, fewest points allowed, the Vikings' defense. They're a pretty good defense. They're just above the Bills, actually, in points allowed. And then on the other side of the ball, I know they're not scoring. I get it, and it is Nick Mullins. But the Cincinnati defense has given up 30 or more points in three of their last five games. I know Jake Browning's looked really good. Cincinnati, hey, they're still fighting right there. I just think this is the the week after last week's big win where they come down a little bit. And I think the Vikings need this one as well. So I'm going to take the Vikings plus the three at the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm doing it again, Joe. I'm doing it again. I'm going back to what I said on Black Friday. It didn't work out. I'm taking the Jets. I'm getting. I'm taking the Jets against the Miami Dolphins this weekend. The Jets are getting nine and a half this time. Nine and a half in Miami. Look for Miami. No Tyree Kill. It looks like we don't know that for sure yet. Even though he's gonna, even if he does play, he's gonna be very compromised. No Devon A. Chan. It looks like he's not gonna play. No Connor Williams for the rest of the year. The center. That's a big deal for them. They don't have Jalen Phillips. You know what else they don't have? They don't have really an offense that's nearly what it used to be. In Tuatanga Vailoa, Joe. Check this out. He has one 300-yard passing game over his last five. Just one. The rest, the other four, under 300. And over that time, six TDs, three interceptions. They are a far different offense without Tyreek. I think that the Jets are still playing, playing for their coach, playing for they're playing for pride, and they, they're, they're fighting until the end. And even if they lose this game, I think they'll keep it close. I'm not telling you that Zach Wilson's going to go off like he did last week. But he has a chance against this Miami defense. It does give up some plays. So I'm going to take the Jets. Going to take the Jets plus... The nine and a half against the Dolphins. And finally, I just I didn't have a great game. The third one, I couldn't find one. I looked at a lot of games. I was thinking about the Texans, but I don't know if C.J. Stroud's going to play. So you know what? I'm going to go on feel here because it's a big spread. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals getting 12 and a half at home against the Niners. I know. Come on. Arizona, San Francisco. But look, San Francisco, as good as they are, they, did, they didn't blow away the Seattle Seahawks last week. And next week, San Francisco has Baltimore. I think this is a little... And, you know what happened last week? Arizona had a bye. So Arizona coming off a bye. Kyler Murray's looked good since he's re- reinserted the lineup. San Francisco, they have Baltimore next week. Could be a little bit of a look ahead, a little bit of a letdown. I'm getting 12.5. That's a monster spread in the NFL. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus the 12.5 against the 49ers in that one. I'm going to take the Vikings plus 3 against the Bengals and the Jets plus 9.5 against the Miami Dolphins. What do you think? All right. I would be very nervous to ever bet against the Niners, even with the spread. Yeah, even with the spread. Um, I do like your Jets pick over the Dolphins um, a lot. Like that, that is one where I can even see myself betting that this week, given that you're getting the points. The Jets' defense is so talented. We didn't really get a good look at it in, on Black Friday because Wilson didn't play. And, hey, I wouldn't bet on him having back-to-back great games, but if he does, then they could even win the game, let alone cover the spread. Eight and a half. You can always get your backdoor cover. Sorry, what was the first one again? I just talked through it and forgot. Vikings. Um, Vikings. Mullins. the Bengals. Do you want to hear a funny stat on Nick Mullins real quick before Mm -hmm. we end here? Real quick. Nick Mullins has this, I think it's the second most passing yardage in NFL history in his first 16 starts. Hmm. So he can air it out a little bit. He was 9 of 13 for 80-something yards last week. He did not play bad when he came into the game for the Vikings. So, all right, we got Sabres live up (coughs) next. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sabres live up next. One Bills live after that. Show up with the Bulldog at 3 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday. Bills on the practice field at 12.30 p.m. today. Here on WGR, we'll keep you updated.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.